Hello and welcome to the Bitcoin and Global Finance Podcast with me, Jason Dean. Here we talk about all things Bitcoin and all things financial and try and make sense of them. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent the last few years writing and speaking about these subjects in various formats, publishing a couple of books along the way, and I'm currently enjoying top writer status on Medium in Bitcoin, finance and investing. So if you're on Medium and you'd like to know more on these subjects, look me up using at Jason Nadine, which is also my Twitter handle. Don't forget that E on the end or you won't find me. It's great to have you here with me today as we dive into our chosen subject for this podcast. And today I'm going to lay out the reasons why you should own at least 0.0025 Bitcoin, if you don't already, and why time is probably running out for you to do that cheaply and easily. I actually did most of the research for this piece um, in uh, February 2020. So some of the numbers may have changed a bit. Actually, it's been a couple of weeks since then I'm recording this. So the world has changed dramatically even in that time. So I will update this a little bit as I go through to make it uh, more relevant um, to you. Um, So, I mean, if you go back to that date, uh, I'll just do a little bit of research and I had a look and there were 7,762,571,088 people on the planet at that time, according to worldmeters.com. Now, obviously, it's a very precise number because I took a snapshot. Um, but the reality is we, we don't know for sure. We just know it's somewhere around there. If you don't use worldmeters.com, by the way, you, you should do. It's kind of a, a fun little indicator that's constantly ticking showing how the world is expanding and um, it's uh, it's some, something very hypnotic about it actually but anyway by the time you listen to this that that number will have increased again but even so it's possible for every one of those people um, in that number to own a whole US dollar which is you know our global reserve currency of choice at the moment And still, in fact, we'd have trillions of them left over, particularly at the moment, because obviously since doing this research, the Fed announced what effectively amounts to unlimited quantitative easing. So uh, there's going to be quite a lot left over. In fact, here's quite a fun thing to do. If you bring up the US debt ticker uh, and put that next to the population ticket in your browsers, you can see straight away there's a bit of a staggering truth there that U.S. dollars are being printed at a much faster rate than the human population is expanding. And actually, it's by quite a significant margin, um, as I say, especially since the latest developments by the Fed with, with what's going on with the, in the world at the moment. However, I mean, I'm picking on the dollar a bit here, but to be honest, this applies to every currency on the planet to, to some degree or the other, not just dollars. Um, but there is one exception, and that, of course, is Bitcoin, which by its very design will set up to be a deflationary rather than inflationary currency. So if we look at the maths from a sort of simple perspective, um, it's pretty obvious straight away that it's not possible for every human on the planet to own a whole Bitcoin. Um, It's never been possible, actually. Um, When you consider there's only ever going to be 21 million coins produced um, in its lifetime, so that's from the start of it in 2009, And when the mining cycle finishes sometime in 2140, that's 120 years from now. But as of today, uh, there's about 18.2 million Bitcoin mined at the moment, which is about 86, 87% of the total. And the remaining 2.8 million 
will become more exponentially difficult to produce over that 120 years. So if we just look at it from the simplest sort of point of view, if we're working with those two numbers, so that's current population and the number of Bitcoin available, you can see straight away that if you were to evenly spread Bitcoin across everyone on the planet um, doing the maths, each person would get 0.0023 Bitcoin, or if you prefer to work in Satoshi, which is the measure of units of um, Bitcoin, uh, that would be 234,497 Satoshi. Using the word Satoshi actually I think is quite important because in the future the reality is that most of us will only ever deal in Satoshi or Sats for short and only a very select few uh, which will be the very wealthy really will ever deal in whole Bitcoins because you know the value in theory will simply be too high. And of course if you were to buy that amount, which is uh, the figure I gave earlier, um, at the current price, uh, which has actually dropped, of course, since I um, did the, the the original research for this, it will probably cost you around fifteen, sixteen dollars at the moment. So, in other words, you know, call it seventeen dollars, just to make absolutely certain. So that would guarantee you that you would have more Bitcoin than the average person on the planet could own, just speaking in terms of maths. And that's that's quite a thought. But it is also a simplification because it does exclude a number of other factors. Um, so you can argue that for a real number, we probably need to um, factor those in as well. Now, this takes us into some slightly more advanced maths, but we're still not doing anything too uh, ridiculous here. But if we look at it from this point of view, let's say there's 2.8 million Bitcoin still to mine, but there are also more people due to arrive on the planet in the next 120 years. So the forecasts for that global population at that point are massively varied depending on which source you use. And of course, anything could happen at any time. And we may have blown ourselves up by then or found some other ingenious way to wipe ourselves out. But uh, we should expect otherwise that figure to reach something around 12 billion people at that time, which is a staggering thought on its own. But again, if we applied the maths, because we do know um, exactly how much Bitcoin there will be at any one time, and let's assume you did buy uh, Bitcoin for your great-great-grandchildren, and all the remaining Bitcoin was successfully mined, so there's quite a few provisos there, you'd need 0.00175 Bitcoin to be safe or probably around 11 or 12 bucks in today's money. So obviously it's a bit lower and, and 10 or 12 dollars really isn't an awful lot to uh, to stake your claim if you like. Um, but there are even further considerations that we need to add into the mix. Now first of all, we've got to remember there are a significant number of Bitcoin that have been lost. And not only have they been lost um, they can actually never be recovered again. Now, obviously, given the value of Bitcoin at the moment, that seems quite careless. But you've got to remember in the early days when this thing was first uh, being floated around, Bitcoins themselves had no value. They had no value at all. If you tried to convert them to dollars, you're looking at a few cents. They were also very, very easy to get because you could mine for them on your own computer. And it was a bit of novelty, a bit of fun. Um, and some of the early miners amassed hundreds, if not thousands of 
and somewhere along the line simply lost the private keys. And of course, without that, as we all know, it can't be recovered. You can still see it on the blockchain. It sits there quite happily looking at you, but uh, you can't do anything about it. I mean, probably one of the most famous ones of uh, examples of this, uh, certainly in the UK, was a chap by the name of James Howell, who was an IT worker. Uh, and he mined, he claims to have mined 7,500 Bitcoin in the early days Stored the hard drive, thinking it would be uh, useful one day. Um, the hard drive had his uh, seed on, presumably, and somehow threw this away. And that hard drive currently sits in the landfill and in Wales. And, of course, James Howell has tried, I understand, unsuccessfully to get permission from the council to excavate it. But as you can imagine, that 7,500 Bitcoin now is, is worth quite a lot. But also, it can never be recovered. So that's that's gone for good. There are a number of estimates and methodologies out there about estimating how many lost coins there are. Obviously, it's not an exact science. Um, we can never know for sure because we don't know the status of the ownership of each coin. But the coins remain there, as I've said, and there's no way to know really which ones are which. There was a methodology that came out quite recently, though, which was the idea of looking at coins that hadn't been moved for a very long time and using that approach it looks like around between 3 and 3.8 million coins are either lost for good or locked away and around the same time actually chain analysis uh, which is a, a body which really is quite well known for looking into this kind of analytical information they came up with a similar estimate around uh, 4 million um, so to me, logically speaking, it seems that this range of somewhere between three to four million should be about right. So if we're going to go back to what we're talking about here to guarantee that we have uh, at least the average amount a person will ever be able to own in the future, we kind of need to fiddle with the maths a bit to get an exact number. So what we'll do is we'll take the lowest number of lost coins um, possible than the higher since this gives us kind of the best case scenario um, and if it did turn out there are less available we still have a figure that will guarantee would be over the uh, overall average anyway so it's probably safer to do that so if we do all the maths and put all those numbers into our um, calculator it will spit out the other end that we now need 0.0023188 bitcoin to be absolutely certain of ensuring we have our minimum average amount which uh the today's price, which at the time I'm recording this, is about $6,700. You're looking at about 15 bucks worth. But even that's not really the end of the matter because there is something else we've got to think about here. And that something is what is colloquially referred to as the whales. And this is a term used for people or sometimes organizations who own huge amounts of Bitcoin. Um, and they call that because simply every time they move or sell some, it can create splashes in the market. So it's reckoned there's about 5 million Bitcoin, which are currently owned by only 1,600 of these whales. And of course, many of them are probably early adopters who still hold on to their original coins. So this is often quoted as an issue of liquidity, um, probably rightly so, but it is less of a complication than it appears in, in some way. Because right now there is still plenty of availability of Bitcoin, uh, even with the halving event, which is now only 50 odd days away at the time of recording. 
um, it will reduce the supply by 50%. And even so, it's still relatively easy right now to obtain as much Bitcoin as you wish within reason, uh, certainly in terms of retail amounts anyway. However, the point is that this will probably not always be the case in the future. And, you know, in terms of the whales, while these coins may well remain out of circulation for now, I think it's inevitable that some, if not the vast majority of these, will eventually be released into the market as the price appreciates. At some point in the future, I'm certain that a good chunk of these will be used. That being the case, we should definitely leave those numbers in the maths um, on that assumption that they will come back into circulation at some point. So what does all this tell us? Is it worth converting a portion of your hard-earned fiat currency, or, or should be slightly more cynical about it these days, and hard-printed fiat currency into Bitcoin? And if so, how much will guarantee you'll end up with at least the average amount possible, given all the numbers that we've discussed above? Well, on the second part of this question, we can be quite specific, even after making the assumptions about what we know at the moment. Because whichever way you cut the numbers, you'll need between 0.00175 and 0.00023188 to make sure you have at least the average amount per person on the planet, which works out, as we said, to be somewhere between $10 and $16, $17 at today's prices. So if we play it safe, we'll build a little bit of margin. I'd go for a nice round number of 0.0025, which is easy to remember, but does come at the slightly increased cost of around $17. So that brings us back neatly to the first part of the question. Is it actually worth doing? Well, I don't know when we started measuring expenses in terms of lattes, um, but this is now definitely a thing. So in that spirit, I can confirm that this sum of money would buy you nearly five lattes instead of your Bitcoin at an average cost of 416. Probably four lattes then, really four and a little bit. Four and a baby chino maybe. That figure, incidentally, was the average cost uh, in 2018, that $4.16, according to Refinery29's research figures, there may well actually be slightly higher now. Of course, at the time I'm, I'm recording this, there aren't any coffee shops open anywhere in the world, I don't think, so it's probably academic anyway. Of course, you could buy uh, two beers in New York at an average cost of eight ninety-seven. dollars um, That's close enough, we'll, we'll say that. And that's at the 2019 prices. But put it this way, if your preferred measure is coffee, beer, or any other form of liquid refreshment, it really isn't a great deal of money in the grand scheme of things. Is it worth for getting a couple of days coffee or a round at the bar to secure a small amount that of something that is, by design, the most scarce commodity in the world? Well, of course, only you can answer that. You know my view on it. I'm just a random guy on the internet who's really presenting you with some numbers. And of course, I might be completely underestimating how much you like your coffee or beer. Thanks for listening today. If you've got any comments or questions on this podcast, please message me on Twitter at Jason A. Dean. Or if you'd like to know more on the subject of Bitcoin and finance in general, then join me on medium.com forward slash at Jason A. Dean. Don't forget the E when you're typing that in or you won't find me. Otherwise, I'll see you next time on the Bitcoin and Global Finance Podcast.